bless you. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. Amen. We're going to invite our children to go ahead and um, be dismissed to our children's church. Um, so all of our children, are you going to go to children's church, Oliver? Oh, he's going to take a good nap. That's one thing that's so good about my voice. I can just put people right to sleep. It's a gift that I have. As our children go, uh, Miss Reagan is teaching them this week. And um, I want to remind everybody that we are recruiting volunteers for our children's church. Um, we want at least eight uh, teams of two people uh, who can rotate. If we get more than that, then the rotation is just that much better. But uh, here's what you get to involve yourself with. Discipling the children of Friends of Baptist Church. I really think it would be awesome if, uh, if we had a bunch of uh, husband and wife teams back there uh, that were uh, discipling them. Uh, I also don't want to, uh, anybody to think that, uh, that we are only looking for husband and wife teams. I just think it would be cool because uh, a lot of times what happens in churches is they go, oh, the kids, um, all, you know, that's who ladies can speak to, right? Um, that's what the church has done for a long time. And, uh, and, and, and that's beautiful. And we've had some godly, godly, faithful women teach our children. But something that I think that uh, our children need to see is men stand up and lead them in these ways as well. So that they can see that this is non-discriminatory. That faith is not just... Uh, a female thing um, that they can uh, see the wholeness as it were so that's my pitch that's my spiel um, I invite you to join us to volunteer for our children's church ministry if you want to do that we've sent out a form and we've said sign up and y'all have proven yet again to be terrible at signing our forms. So what we're about to start doing is calling people and saying, did I hear that you wanted to do this? So if you don't sign up, wait for your call. Uh, we will reach out to you and, uh, and we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you there. Um, but um, uh, really this morning, let's think about this. Our children are back there. And right now, because of what has happened through uh, all the changes that our church has undergone since COVID. This is the primary time that we as a congregation get to tell them about the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. And so it's no small thing what's happening back there. So this morning as we are gathered here, we're going to pray for them as well. Will y'all join me in prayer? And as you join me in prayer, let that hush settle over you of those words that we sang. How great is our God. Lord, you are great. 
Today we pray and we ask that you'd be with us as we come to your word. I pray that you would be with me, that you'd give me every word to say, and that I would say no words that are unnecessary. I pray that the words that I do declare today, that I speak, they will be acceptable unto you. They will be good for my brothers and my sisters, for myself. As we strive to know you more, to look more like your son Jesus, to be living witnesses in this world. Lord, I pray for our children today. I pray that they will know you, know more of you, that one thing that they will know is that you love them with an everlasting love. They will know to trust and to follow Jesus. And that their lives will be shaped and formed in such a way, not only that they declare trust, but they live trust. God, I pray and I ask that you would be with us. Speak, Lord. Encourage, equip, comfort, console. Give vision, give strength. Lord, love us in all these ways, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Sometimes the only way that I know how to introduce people is by uh finding a common relation point. Um, so uh, this morning I, I met a gentleman and he is a, uh, he's a constable. And as we were talking, I was thinking, okay, oh, we have a, a sergeant at the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office. That's somebody that we can relate. And I mentioned it in our uh, conversation. And I'm always kind of thinking this way, like what, what's the common relation point? It can be work, right, like that. Uh, it can be, uh, you know, uh, people who live in the same neighborhood. Uh, I always am trying to kind of figure out these common relation points. In fact, I, I do it so often that my wife, it, she just kind of gets crazy with me, you know, because like I'll meet somebody and I'll be like, oh, you know what? And, I, and I'm trying to make these connections and she's like, just have a conversation, just be normal, <laughs> just get to know them a little bit more. And I'm like, but that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know, do y'all do, y'all, y'all do that? You try, to, you try to put, connect dots that way, relate people. Uh, some people have to do it with names. Uh, Brother Mitch was telling me that, uh, uh, you know, Brother Charles and Terry, whenever they uh, introduced themselves to uh, Brother Mitch, uh, Brother Charles said, uh, it's, uh, he said, it's like Chuck Norris, right? Because it's Charles Norris. He says, uh, just remember Chuck Norris and you'll remember my name. And Brother Mitch said that, uh, that that's helped him to, uh, to make that relatable, um, that relatable um, uh, fact has helped him to remember your name, Brother Charles. So that's a good way that you've told people how to remember your name. You know what I do whenever I want people to know my name? I just go. 
Anybody? Anybody? Thank you. Home Alone. And I'm, and I'm lying. I hate that. I'm like the guy in office space who has the same name as Michael Bolton. And everybody's like, Macaulay? Like Macaulay Culkin? And I'm like, I just grew up hearing it so often that I'm just like, mm-mm. No, I'm not, not good with that. Um, you can do a lot of things to me. I mean, you could, I, I'm, I'm short, obviously. You can say stuff about my height. I'm never going to have a problem with that. But if you say, like Macaulay Culkin, there is something, for whatever reason. And I want to be bigger than this. I'm just not. But there is something <laughs> that's just like, it's like, that's, that's what you had to come up with. And here I am, and that's what I do. I do this all the time. I relate people um, through, through things that we should commonly know. And, uh, and then I get frustrated when people are like, I can remember Macaulay like Macaulay Culkin. Um, so uh, all that to say is I'm a hypocrite. I came here to confess today. Hi, Macaulay. Welcome. You're among hypocrites. Nobody wanted to say that? Cool. Thanks for nothing. So, why I think that this is interesting is because in the Bible, you are always learning God in relation to people or relation to attributes. God, the creator God, God, the most high God, God, almighty, God, the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. Y'all tracking? Those are common ways in which we find God revealed to us in relation to attributes, the creator, or in relation to people, the God of Israel. When we come to the New Testament, because God is revealing himself yet again, as Hebrews 11 says, God, who at various times and in sundry ways or diverse ways has revealed himself, he has now revealed himself to us in who? In who? Christ Jesus. I know. I, I'm not going to get into the thing where I ask questions again. All right? Brother Mike and I talked about this at breakfast the other day. Uh, I just get myself into hot water every single time I do. Brother Mitch will never answer a question again because a few months ago I, 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 I asked a question and it was a trick question on purpose and he got tricked and he was like, I'm not doing that again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not getting caught in that again. Um, so uh, I understand y'all's trepidation to answer my questions. Uh, I always feel like if I was going to be a professor and I don't know why, but I feel like if the other things that I, if I wasn't a pastor, Maybe that's what I would do, uh, partly because I could wear a cardigan uh, for the rest of my life and nobody would ever have a question about it. Uh, I could wear it on summer day. Nobody would care. They would be like, you're a professor. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, but uh, uh, if I was going to be a professor, I always think I would just, I would be the worst because I would either give people like a, a thousand questions to review and then ask them one question 
it reveals to relation to Jesus. And as we find here in Ephesians chapter number one, verse number three, that we've already read this morning, there is a dynamic to this relationship. It's not just the God of Jesus. You open your text and you look at it with me again. It says, blessed be the God. That's an interesting point whenever we come to this. Paul is saying, I am, I'm distinguishing the God that I'm talking about from an Ephesus Artemis or Diana. One of the pagan deities. I'm distinguishing who I am declaring divine. Who I am attributing this praise to. Who I am giving honor and glory to. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is not only revealed to us in relation to Jesus, but God is revealed to us in this dynamic relationship of father and child, father and son. Now we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks because we just talked about Jesus' mothers out of Matthew's genealogy. And I really wasn't planning on this. But I started doing some study, and it became abundantly clear that uh, being as Father's Day is next week, it would be timely of us to go on from talking about Jesus' mothers to now talking about Jesus' father. Today, the primer of it, first and foremost, is quite simply this. This, this thing to get us exploring, if you will. To open up our minds and our hearts. See, here's the deal. Some of us have read that so many times that we don't even think. And we're so familiar to it. We don't even think about this dynamic relationship. And the specific way in which God is revealing himself to this world through this dynamic relationship. But it's, it's, it's who he's revealing himself through, the relationship of who he is revealing himself through, and the dynamic of the relationship, that is just something for us just to sit down and think about. The dynamic of a father and child. Some of the ways in which we need to think about this dynamic. How did this dynamic of father work itself out in the Old Testament? What does the Old Testament say about Father God? We will look at some of those things. We, we also I need to think not just in the dynamic of our culture, of our context here, and not just in the uh, dynamic of what you know about your dad. That's hard to do, isn't it? We need to think in the context 
of an ancient Near East culture. We need to think about the context of a culture not only where you have a um, uh, I can't think of the word. My mind just went blank, y'all. Not only where you have some assumptions about what fathers are to be for their families, but we need to think about in a culture where there are other deities, other deities that they call father. These things we will look at, we will consider. Today, as I said, it's just a primer because I don't want to be doing this alone. I don't like getting up here and preaching just everything that I found this week. What I want us to do, what I invite us to do, is to begin this week studying and thinking, okay, God has revealed himself not only in Jesus, but in this dynamic relationship of a father. I want you to begin reading. Maybe just start reading in the Gospel of John. I'll give you some direction. How's that? Because this, this dynamic relationship throughout all the Gospels is important, but you know primarily in the Gospel of John it's majorly important. Um, in fact, uh, N.T. Wright has said, uh, the theme of John's Gospel is if uh, you want to know the true, who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus. And Marianne Mai Thompson, in her book, The God of the Gospel of John, has noted that in the Gospel of John, Father describes God 120 times. Think about this, where the term God, or the Greek term theos, only appears 108 times. So Father describes God. And God is first referenced as Father even in the prologue of John's Gospel. So, What I want to invite us into is seeking out what does it mean or in what ways does this dynamic relationship tell us more about God? Some of you might have done this study before. Some of you, it might be brand new. Some of you, you probably maybe never had done a full study, but you've thought about it. You've had some moments where you've gone, God's my father. Let me think about that for a minute. Now today, the one thing that I want us to think about, something that's pretty palpable for me, is one of the things that Paul says here, In Ephesians chapter number one. This is a great doxology. We're all very familiar with it. There's so many things that we could point out. But what I want to do is read it and then declare one thing and then be dismissed. Does that sound good to everybody? Y'all are like, you're not going to do that. So read it with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings 
heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein, we could also say in Christ, he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In Christ, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, so that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, things which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Christ. In Christ also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, and whom also ye trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, in Christ, also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. A lot to unpack there. But I promised y'all I would only tell you one thing. I'm going to hold to my promise. He says, in Christ, God has made known unto us the mystery of his will. Paul will go on in Ephesians to tell us what the mystery of his will is. And the mystery of his will is this. That he didn't just want the Jews. He wants everyone. He wants everyone to come before him in Christ. That's the good news. And we know this good news. This good news has been specifically revealed to us. In Christ. This characteristic of God that he wants to rescue and redeem and ransom and forgive and restore every last one of us has been revealed in Jesus. John tells us Jesus was not just the lamb slain for the sins of Israel. Behold the Lamb of God who's offered, right, for the sins of the world. Maybe it's just so familiar to us that we don't find it exciting anymore. 
But Paul thought that this was really exciting stuff. Because for a long time, Paul thought, God wants me and people like me. He wants me and people like me ethnically. He wants me and people like me culturally. He wants me and people like me zealously. And Paul had to learn, no, dummy, I want everyone. I want those people who don't look like you ethnically. I want people who don't share the same culture as you. I want people who you would disagree if y'all were sitting across the table about values, about politics, about ideologies. I want people who think about me a bit differently than you do to know who I am. And I want you to learn who I am afresh and anew. God has abounded toward us in all wisdom. How? In Christ. And in this revelation through Jesus, and in this dynamic revelation, or in this dynamic relationship of father and child, Paul says, we know. We know that God doesn't just want the Jews. He wants everyone. Now here's where we come, my brothers and my sisters. We know this. Nobody would deny this, would you? Would any of you say God doesn't want everybody? We know it. But we have to have that in our hearts too. And what I mean by that is there are people that you will specifically reach out to. You'll naturally align with. You'll comfortably find yourself able to dialogue, to discuss, to welcome over for dinner. Sometimes what we do is we say, those are the people that I'm called to. And I'm going to leave all others for somebody else. One of the things that I think that uh, I would encourage us, encourage us to do, is to go, God, if you want every last one of them, every last one of us, give me that heart. First, by praying for every last person. Let's pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, prepare me. Prepare me to go. To speak a word. To share the love and the good news with those who might be quite different than me.
Because here's the deal. I don't want us just to be zealous about it. I want us to be equipped to do it. Equipped to sit down and have a conversation with people other than us. And the reason why I think that this is important is because this world is increasingly, we saw it last year with such fervor, and it hasn't gone away. Increasingly in our world, we are divided over issues, over topics. I've found amongst my own friends, people who go, well, I don't know if we want to invite them because they see things differently than we do. If we are going to be people who follow Jesus, then we need to be the people who let this whole world know that Jesus doesn't just want white Republicans. And he doesn't just want true blood American patriots. What Jesus wants is every last one of us. And so, the issues that divide us, we have to be prepared to not let divide us from others. Now, some of you might go, well, uh, what, what about the other side? If I was talking to a different congregation, I would say other things. But I know the congregation that I'm talking to. So please hear the heart in which I speak it. I, I, Jack Wisdom and I talk about this. If I was sitting downtown... And I was talking to that church. I would say, you know who you need to love? You need to love people who have Trump signs in their yard. Because downtown, in the Heights, they're all putting Biden signs in their yard. So understand the context here. Don't walk away from today and go, well, why didn't he say anything about those other people? Because I'm not talking to those other people. Do you understand? Can we track with that? Because I live in Friendswood, Texas. And per capita, per capita, what I find is what we are dr drawn to, if we're not careful, is that side. So, my brothers and my sisters, I said I would say one thing, and I've only said one thing. I've just elaborated on it a little bit. <laughs> but now it's time for us to do no more talking. Now it's time for us to take this word and to bring it before the Lord. And to say, okay, God, okay, God, you want every last one of us, but I can tell you, my heart is this group. Maybe, maybe subconsciously, my heart is this group. Here's what I would invite us to do. God, who is my heart not open up to? There was a time that Paul's heart was not open to every last one of them. Who's my heart not open to? Who do I think that your heart might not be open to, God? David simply said, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. 
and renew a right spirit within me. Think about that song, Wash Me Clean. That's all we're asking God to do. Reveal where our heart is not in line with the great mystery of his will. And ask him to open us up and to prepare us so that we can be the church, the disciples that are not going the way of this world and finding every reason why we can't hang out with those folks. We're going the way of Jesus. And we're finding every possible opportunity to break down the wall of protection. With that say, amen. Amen. Would you bow your head, close your eyes, and ask Brother Mitch to come and the team to come. I'm going to invite them to go ahead and start playing. Because I'm going to pray for us in just a minute. I'm going to let them start singing. Here's what I want you to do. If you need to spend some time with the Lord, don't let their singing interrupt you. Spend a few minutes with the Lord. Whenever you're ready, just join in the song. Join in the song. Stand and sing. And then after we sing the song, uh, I'll let those be dismissed who want to be dismissed. And then we'll have a brief business meeting. Lord God, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, you are good. And I'm so thankful for that. 